couple of nights ago in my talk, at one point I used an example of, of my wife and I just said something about my wife had gone on retreat and come back and, and just in mentioning my wife, which was perfectly fine to do and could have just said that and um, not given it a thought. But as I said that, I was actually aware, you know, there could be people here, some maybe have lost a spouse. What goes on in them when they hear me say so casually about, you know, something about my wife? There could be people here who aren't in relationships and are going through some trouble, wishing they had a spouse or going through trouble with their husband or wife. It could be many, many things. And um, um, it was a perfectly fine example to use. I didn't have to reflect on these, uh, what might be going on for others. I say that, though, because um, I care about other people and their suffering, and I actually want to know. So I'm not stirring my mind up or making a big project or going crazy over every little word I say and what's the ramifications, just in a casual, open, spacious way, talking. But I've reflected on these things before, so that awareness comes up in me when I'm speaking. It's something that, I say that to you because there are many things like this that we may not notice and be aware of, but there could be a lot going on. And um, if it's something that we care about, if we really want to know, like, well, what's going on with someone else? What's their suffering? What's their experience? What's it like to stand in that person's shoes? Then we can start to reflect on things that may have been kind of hidden or covered or we just didn't even know we didn't know or ever think, think about. Once um, at a retreat, I, I use examples about my wife often, just kind of like that. And uh, I was, did something else about my wife and a gay man came up to me and it was wonderful, and it was nothing wrong what I said, and he didn't think there was anything wrong, but he just wanted to share with me that his experience was, he was just noticing how, without a thought, without a care in the world, I can just say something about my wife being a straight man. And he was noticing in himself, it brought things up that he did, you know, if he were sitting up here, wouldn't be so safe in our culture for him to say, um, um, my partner or my husband or whatever term he uses for, for the man that he's in relationship with, you know, if you're in a same-sex uh, relationship. I was so appreciative of him doing that. Now, I know how uh, non-straight people are treated in our culture, but that wasn't in my consciousness at that time. I was just talking about my wife. And so by him doing that, it just sort of opened a little place of knowing, is it necessarily going to change that I use an example of my wife? Well, maybe not necessarily. Or I may, in some, depending on the circumstance, I may want to tune or adjust what I'm saying, perhaps, and how it might be received. It just brings more awareness um, and more sensitivity. And so I'm talking about this because I want to say a little bit tonight around, um, we haven't spent time on this retreat around issues of... Um, cultural sensitivity and around diversity of all the different forms that it can take. And so um, uh, I want to say a little about that. And I'm starting, it may, may not seem, I'm starting with something just about uh, 
holding an attitude of care for myself and others that I want to know. And if I'm really interested in ending suffering for myself and others, and I want to understand, I want to know what's, what's going on for other people so I can start to bring that kind of sensitivity in. And so I want to bring that kind of idea in as I talk about a little more around diversity. Um, when I first started doing some work for mindful schools, as I had mentioned the other day, I hadn't had experience going into schools. So I'm going right into Oakland, the inner city schools there, right? And here I am coming in, you know, an old white man coming in. And most of the schools I was going in, they were African-American and Hispanic kids for the most part. And I was very aware of that. And um, so, you know, I'm going through doing the program. Everything's fine. Um, and I used an example for something that I love this example and I've always loved it, but there was, I learned a few things the hard way. I, fortunately there were no major meltdowns, but going in sincerely and there was, I didn't know what I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? And for all of us, there's the areas in, in any particular situation, there's what we know, what we know. And there'll be the parts that we know we don't know. And then there's all the parts that we don't know what we don't know. And it's like, well, what do you do with that? Well, you can't, it's, it's not visible. So I'll talk a little bit about it, but certainly I would like to find opportunities to make them more visible because here's a perfect example of what happened. I go into the school and I'm talking to the kids about, you know how our minds can be kind of out of control sometimes and everything. And I use the example of monkey mind. And I said, you know, have you ever been to the zoo and you see the monkeys, they're jumping all around. And I said, our mind's like that. It's like we've got these monkey minds. Well, the kids loved it. They thought it was funny. Matter of fact, another day when I came back, some kid blurted out something and kind of got in a little trouble. And, and one of the other black kids said, monkey mind got them. So they're not having any problems. But the teacher came up to me that first time, a white woman teaching uh, these black and Hispanic kids. And she says, don't use monkey mind. It's like, well, what, what? And it's like, she goes, you know, and you started talking about the whole history, right? It's pretty obvious of the racism and oppression in this country and that, you know, blacks were like not even human or whatever, like monkeys or something. That, that whole history kind of thing. It was just like, oh my God. So now I'm thinking, all I need is for some kid to go home and share and, and some parent get reactive. And so fortunately that didn't happen. And it turned out not to be a big deal. Fortunately it was okay. And maybe it really wouldn't have been, but it's, but... It was something that when she talked about it, it was just like, well, oh yeah, duh. But it just had been kind of an unconscious, habitual, just going in. You know, what's the big deal? I'm just talking, doing my thing. And I wasn't coming in with the attitude of, because I don't necessarily have to know everything. That's fine. But I want to come in not on edge or walking on eggshells. No. Relaxed, open, spacious, present, open-hearted, all of that but also with that bringing in an attitude of, of just attentiveness, just an attunement, just a receptiveness to learn. And so there's the places where um, I can consciously then choose to say, what can I do consciously to start to open my eyes in ways because I want to know the suffering of people, right? I want to know, I want to understand what's, what's your reality? What's it like for you? 
Are you okay or not okay? You know, and so I want to be able to open to these things. And when I act in some way that turns out not to have been so skillful or appropriate, hopefully we don't cause too much breakage around us, but then I'm receptive when the feedback comes to me. And it could come in a way that's not so soft. It could come back quite hard and hit me. And then I've got to, to know that, wow, that really triggered this person or whatever. And, um, wow, I really didn't see that piece and take it as the learning and just be open to all to this range of ways of being. So that was a great learning for me. Um, I want to say another few learnings I got. I'm going to use some specific examples of having gone more into this particular kind of inner city environment because that's where I've got a lot of, of my eyes open there. But this attitude is something that we can start to take on in any situation, any group, any time. Hopefully, I assume, as classroom teachers, those of you who are in classrooms, that you know or will come to know your students, your, the culture of the groups that you're with. Um, and hopefully that's true, I assume so. And for many of us who come, but you'll also have maybe other opportunities, situations in your life that's not your classroom where you'll be somewhere else and you don't know. Um, so that was one piece. One kid came up to me. This is a little different. It wasn't something I did, but it was opening my eyes to be more to, to another person's world. And somehow he was sharing, I think about a fifth grader, so I don't remember how it came up, but he was sharing how he uses mindfulness. He was just talking just casually as could be that how he's found mindfulness has really helped him to be with his breathing because when he goes to take the garbage out, he always carries a baseball bat with him because it's not safe. I have some emotion. You know, this is this kid's world. This is a school where I didn't feel safe. I'm just telling you, I didn't feel safe driving to the school to do the thing. And these kids, these sweet kids, and that's, they ain't going anywhere else. They're walking two blocks away to go to home. That's their world. And so it's just like, you know, if I'd thought about it, well, I guess there are people who live in neighborhoods like that, but here it is real, this kid. And he's talking just like, his cat, it's like me talking about the weather, about that. And so what that brought up for me was another aspect. I'm, I'm just touching on some things briefly. You know, this whole topic could be the whole weekend. I mean, a, a whole retreat. It, it's so important. And I want to acknowledge that, you know, you know we, we're aware that it's just getting, just, but... We're, there were just reasons why, and we could talk about that. So it, it, the, because it's just getting a little thing and we're sort of passing over at high altitude, just kind of waving at this stuff and not doing it justice, uh, does not indicate the level of importance. And there were other considerations of what to do and not to do, and it just worked out a certain way. It brought in where now when I take my garbage out, I'm just talking about becoming more aware, I consider it a privilege to walk out to my garbage can and not give it a second thought. I just walk out. Now, until this kid, I didn't give it a second thought. I'm just taking my garbage out. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to be conscious of it. 
but I just feel it. It just happens every time. It was actually a gift that the kid gave me of, um, it's like actually appreciating and recognizing that it's a privilege, actually. And if I can use that word, it's kind of a loaded word for some people, but I like the word because it, it's, it's something that just being the, the, my financial status, maybe it's because of my race or for how my upbringing, all the things allow me to have that. And so then it expands more. You know, when I walk to my car, I'm appreciative, first of all, that it's safe. I can get from my house to my car. I'm not worrying about it, that I even have a car. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. How many, you know, I'm not even getting into the, the problems about uh, internal combustion engines in the environment. That's a whole nother. I'm just saying that I've, that, that I've got a car. And so again, I'm holding it lightly in the sense that you don't want to turn, twist yourself into a knot over it. But it's just opening me up because I want to know because, you know, I live in Oakland and, you know, there's this whole thing of two Oaklands, right? And I'm in the, quote, the good Oakland. And it's not very far away at all to parts of town that literally, I, I mean this, is I don't feel safe. It may just be unfair to the people I'm driving in the neighborhoods through, but I'm just telling you, I don't feel safe driving through there in the day. It may be perfectly safe and it may be just my racism. I'm, I don't know what it is. I'm just saying, though, we've got these two worlds. So I want to be aware. I want to know. Right? And I especially want to know when I'm directly going into a school situation, working to know what's your reality, what's your truth. I want to give you just a few more examples. I could just kind of keep going on this. One thing I want to highlight, though, is because we don't know what we don't know, we need to be very humble when we go into any situation. Right? Very, very humble. Uh, especially if we're not familiar with. Here's another one. Um, I actually didn't screw this one up, but I, uh, I want to just offer it to you. So for example, perhaps if you're doing some exercise about loving kindness with kids, maybe we might do something, for example, and say, now, when you go home tonight to your parents, <laughs> or say, for example, per- wouldn't even think twice about it, perhaps. Well, there's two things in there. There's, you're assuming they've got a home, and you're assuming they've, they've got parents who aren't in prison or, de- or been shot or that they're on drugs. Or, you know, you, we, there's a lot of assumptions there. And so, because we can open our eyes a little bit, uh, first of all, it can op- we're not, we don't want to project a lot onto kids and make up stories, but we want to, so we want to, you know, they're just, they've got their own lives and everything, but we want to be attuned that so for it's an example where using that kind of sensitivity we might for example say so when you're back with with the people where where you stay or whatever you say it in some way that's accessible for everyone so that would be an example of how this kind of sensitivity uh can help us I'll give you another example of just opening an empathy and this one was really um we're doing a meta exercise and so one of the ways we did it with the kids was we would say, um, you know, think of someone you really love or that, that's easy to love or maybe it's someone you just know about or it could be a pet or whatever. And then like you know, we're sending, and we'll do some phrases. So I would say one, you know, whatever. May you be happy. And I'd say, let's all say that together. And all the kids would go, may you be happy. And I'd say, does anybody want to offer up a, a phrase? 
and the kids would say, you know, may you have good food or whatever. And then what pops out? May you be sober. First of all, you've got to have the presence to just go, okay, all together, and just normalize, first of all. But, but it's like, yeah, this really happened. May you get out of prison soon. May you not get shot. So what I did in that case was, I just went with it, I, I, I stopped didn't get rattled, I was, it, it, but it was so poignant. And I just said, oh, let's just pause for a moment. It was interesting, you know, you really heard what some of these people said, some other kids. How, and so we just did a thing. I said, how many, how many of you um, know someone who's either been in prison or is in prison? These are just kids. <laughs> Fair number of hands going up. Okay. This is, how many of you know someone has been shot? Hands are going up. So, what do I do with that information? Well, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it depends. It's all situationally dependent. But um, it opens up. And I ask that because um, for yourself, th- you know, some of you may already have this kind of sensitivity. But perhaps, like, say you come to a place you're like spirit rock and you're just on some retreat and we do meta practice. Does it even occur to you to, to think Phrases other than, may you be happy, may you be peaceful, may maybe it does. I'm just, I'm not making an assumption, but I'm asking you, for those of us for whom it wouldn't even occur, you know, to, to think, may I not get shot. It can open us up to this whole world that people live in. Right. So we want to start, and this is around, I know I said it's about diversity, but for tonight I'm just taking a particular angle, which is just... Um, the willingness to want to know and to want to have our eyes more open and attuned and then, of course, letting that inform how we can act appropriately and not cause more harm and suffering when we don't intend to. Everybody's got a good intention, right? But uh, it's like we don't see what we don't see, you know? So I consider it a real gift, all of these things. Uh, and matter of fact, someone, uh, when I first came here for this retreat, when I showed up and I ran into, I forgot one of the teachers who it was, might have been Diane or somebody, and they said, ask me how I'm doing. Well, I'm, I'm very um, appreciative to happen to be going in a phase of my life where things are just going great, more or less. You know, life's not always like that. It may not always be that way, but right now it's just a phase and just pretty much things are going good. And I, was, I said that and then I added and I said, so um, um, it's a privilege to have the, all the suffering that I still have and the particular kind of suffering. I call it somebody, I think Jason or somebody said it was called Cadillac suffering. <laughs> but it's, it's a privilege because if, if, if I'm Syria and the, and, and Syria and they're shelling my town, I'm not worried about the Amazon rank sales of my book <laughs> or, if I, or I'm not getting another publisher. Or that there's just a sense of dissatisfaction. You know, it's a privilege, I feel like. I'm not trying to preach to you. I'm just sharing with you my own feeling. I guess I am, I'm noticing my voice is feeling a little preachy. So I'm getting going a little here. But it, sorry, I just fell into it. It was not my intention. <laughs> so, but for me, I feel like, so that's another place to look, you know. And it opens up a whole world to me. And I start to notice that, wow, 
You notice anything when you turned on the faucet today or you went to the water fountain? Like every time water comes out that's always safe and clean for as long as you want and it does it every single time and you will never get sick from that water. It opens my eyes and I think, what is the number? I may be off on the numbers and some of you could correct me, but I think it's something, but you'll get the idea. Like one billion people, I mean, it's a huge number of people on this earth who don't have easy access to safe water. Maybe they have to walk, you know, five miles to the well and maybe it's not dependent or something like that. So rather than just turn on the water, again, I'm, you don't want to drive yourself crazy, but just it just comes in my mind now. And it's like, I'm appreciative of this. And also it's like, it makes me think, Maybe for some of us, it actually calls us to action. What, is, what does it make me want to do in the world? May not be anything different, or it may be, wait a minute, can I find ways to help? Social action, political action, some kind of involvement. You know, I don't know, you know. But, but these are the kind of sensitivities that, that can come. Well... I've already gone way over uh, my time. I could keep going uh, a lot. And of course, you can see that really it's, it's, it deserves more than a whole block of, of a morning and afternoon and evening. And it really deserves more than, I believe, it deserves more than a whole retreat. I, I think just like your mindfulness practice deserves a lifetime of inquiry and investigation, for me, and I'm just offering it to you, to find out what do you think it deserves, the place in your own life. It's, not, be, it's pretty arrogant of me to tell you, but I, I want to offer for myself, I feel like it deserves a lifetime also of inquiry and study and reflection to become ever, and we'll still have places where, you know, and so we're, you know, we're human, we do the best we can. And so um, I'll just end by saying... Um, since there's the piece of not knowing what you don't know that's always going to be there, I would like to add, what do I know going into any situation? And you know a lot, but I want to particularly say, one is, you know that there's things that you, you don't know what you don't know, so we, keep, we, we have that awareness. And I know that I sincerely care about my own suffering and the suffering of others. My own well-being and the well-being of others. I know I have that sensitivity And so then I go in not feeling afraid from all this, like, oh my God, there's so much I don't know and I'm afraid to do anything. I'm not afraid. It makes me feel more willing to put myself in. I want to be engaged even more and willing to take uh, what what comes then as as, as a learning tool because I can start to not be afraid of anything that might happen if I can see everything as my teacher. If everything's our teacher, we're not afraid. It's giving us information back and we're able to hold it. And yes, if we, if we cause suffering, it, we feel that doesn't feel good, but we were able to learn and move forward. So um, thank you for your kind attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.